Well, come on, good morning. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord today? Make a little bit of noise, excited to be here. Man, it is so good to see you guys. You know, it's Christmas season, Christmas in the air. How many of you love Christmas? Come on, get your hand if you love Christmas. Both hands, both hands. I married Mr. Santa Claus, I'm telling you what. Like, I, I mean, we, my wife listens to Christmas music. This is no joke, you can ask her all year long. I'll come home in June right, from work, from the office, and there'll be Christmas music playing. She loves Christmas, and we love Christmas, and one of my favorite things about Christmas that I love to do is I love to watch movies. Like, I can't wait for the time to come, and like, everything just shuts down, and it's like pajama day. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't get out of your pajama all day, you're watching a movie, and someone's like, I just can't believe that. Yes, that is so fun, you should try it sometime, right? And it's like, it's snowing outside, it's hot, you got a cup of coffee, and it's movie day. I love watching movies, my kids, I know it's one of dad's love languages we just love and every Christmas season we have the same 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 uh, routine over and over and over we'll start with the Hobbit we'll go through the Lord of the Rings we're just about to finish that tonight and uh, we just start this whole thing over and and I just love watching movies and and for you a lot of times if you like movies you think about it what is probably some of your favorite Christmas movies that you like to watch and so what I'm gonna do is I'm, I'm gonna have a little um uh, a participation from all campuses today from Ashley and Grayson here at the morning. And I want you to participate. And what I wanna do is I wanna share with you probably the top 10, and some it's debatable. Some of you can argue you like to debate. That's okay. And we can talk about this later. But maybe possibly the top 10 Christmas movies of all time. And that's kind of that's kind of tough in the crowd inside this you know crowd this large because everybody kind of has their opinion when it comes to Christmas movie. So let me just run through these real quick, and then you get a chance to kind of share what you you think. Crowd participation this morning. Uh, we have the Santa Claus movie. Come on, Tim Allen. Come on, man. I mean that is so good. That's a good one. We have, and these are no particular order or anything. Elf, Will, yeah. I see that hand back there, you know, like that's a good one as well. Uh, we have The Grinch, Jim Carrey. I don't know if you could ever redo that one. That's a good one. Uh, National Lampoon Christmas Vacation, come on, man. Like cousin, <laughs> you know why you do that? Because you're Cousin Eddie, right? You are the crazy one in your family. And some of that, that's what's gonna be this Christmas for you all, and we'll pray for you. Um, and we have Miracle 30 on 34th Street. That's kind of old classic, classic. That's a good one. Uh, Home Alone. I mean, that's a good one as well. Y'all crack me up. I could say Jesus is Lord. Elf, let's go! You know, you guys, I, I love you all. Um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you know, the old school one. That's so good, classic, you know. A Charlie Brown Christmas, my wife loves that one. Charlie Brown Christmas, that's a good one. I, I didn't really get into that one, but anyway. Um, a Christmas Story, come on, you're gonna shoot your eye out. Some, some of the young people are like, what's that? You should watch it, A Christmas Story. It's better than TikTok. Okay, and then um, go back. I think it's 1957, It's a Wonderful Life. It's kind of the all-time. So here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna count to three, and every campus, come on, Ashton, Grayson, you gotta participate. I want you to yell out which one's your favorite Christmas movie, all right? So I wanna hear you. This is your time. This, you've always wanted to shout at me. This is your time to shout, all right? Here we go. One, two, three. Oh, man, that one was so close. I heard Santa Claus, I heard some elf, and then I heard gibberish. Like, I don't know, like I got kind of clothed clo out on that one. So, you know, I just wanted to make sure that your voice was heard this morning, right? Everyone's voice was heard. And we all have our favorite movies, and anything like a good movie, right? There's always a plot with a twist, 
with some characters. There's a villain. There's a hero. Someone saves the day. You know, in every movie, almost every movie, there's, it's the same plot line. Like, you could just take, like, here, here's, here's the flow of a movie and put any movie in it. There's, there's tragedy. There's tension. There's, there's, there's a problem. How are we going to fix it? There's no hope. Then someone comes in with hope. There's a saves the day, it's, it's like that all the way through. And so what I would like to do for the next several weeks is take you through the cast of Christmas. Have you ever thought about the Christmas story in like a Christmas movie? Have you thought behind the scenes, what's taking place? Like if you look at our picture, our graphic that we have for this series, it's a nativity scene. Now, you may not be you know, familiar with everything about church and stuff, but you've probably seen a nativity scene. Like, who's that man and woman beside this manger? Like, who's Mary, who's Joseph? Why did God pick Mary and why did God pick Joseph? What was going on in their life when the angel appeared to them? And then you got the wise men, right? The wise men had big, like, big tall hats and had, you know, frankincense and myrrh and gold and brings gifts. Who are these wise men? How do they know to come? Like, how do they follow a star? Was it a star? Was it a comet? Did the planets line up? Was it a drone? Like, what was it? Like, how, how, did it, how did it know to move to the sky and stop here to bring people far from the east, the Gentiles, around the birth of Jesus? Like, how, did you ever thought about that? Why them? And then you got the shepherds in the nativity scene. It's like the lowliest position. It's like the lowliest job you could have. And now here are the shepherds are at the nativity scene. Now, we don't need to talk about the animals there, right? Okay, you kind of know, you, you, you get that. But how did they get to that point? You see, we get, we get the snapshot of the movie. We see like there's a nativity scene, but what's behind the scenes? How did we get to this point in the story? So what we're gonna do over the next several weeks leading up to Christmas is we're gonna talk about the cast of Christmas. We're gonna talk about the people who were involved in this and how did get, they get there and what was going on in their life and what's the behind the scene, what's the backstory, what's going on in this time? And so it, some of you are probably very familiar with the Christmas story. Some of you are like, man, I just don't know. I show up on Christmas and there's a baby Jesus and sometimes I pray to baby Jesus to help me and I know something about Mary and Joseph and a virgin and that's kind of all I know and so, man, I'm just glad to be here. And we are glad you're here. If you will hang with us over the next several weeks, I really believe that God will open up your eyes and you will learn something about this movie, about this story, about the characters, about the cast in the Christmas story. So my question is that I wanna walk through is where did the Christmas story start? Like where, where is the first place in the Bible that we see the Christmas story? Now quickly our minds go to Matthew. It has a list of genealogy of Jesus leading up. We go to Luke. Luke is what you're probably reading on Christmas Day to your family when Gabriel shows up and speaks to Mary. But I, I wanna let you know the Christmas story started way, 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 way before Matthew and Luke. In fact, if you wanna find out where the Christmas story started when you look at your, your, in the Bible, the collection of these 66 books, where did it actually start? You'd have to go all the way back to Genesis chapter three. Now we know the first two chapters of Genesis, right? God made Adam and Eve and God made all the planets and all the stars and all the, all the livelihood and everything. We get that and we know the story, right? Eve was tempted by the, by the devil and she took the fruit that she wasn't supposed to eat and there's nothing really special about the fruit but it's the disobedient, just being disobedient to what God said and she took it to Adam and Adam took a bite of it and at that very moment their eyes were opened and sin entered into the world and because sin has entered into the world at that very, at that very moment, people always ask why do bad things happen to good people? It's because you gotta go all the way back to Genesis. And sin entered into the world, because sin entered into the world, guess what, you're gonna hurt in places you never thought you could hurt. 
your heart is gonna be broken, and someday this flesh, this body that we live in is going to die. Why? Because of Genesis, because sin entered into the world. And so God was aware of that, and he says, you know what, we gotta, I'm, I gotta do something about it, sin into the world. He already knew this, he already had it all planned out, we don't know the mind of God. But God goes to the man and says, hey, here's what's gonna happen, here's the consequence of a sin, you're gonna work, pull the ground, all this stuff. Listen to me, lady, here's what's gonna happen, Eve, you're gonna have pain during childbirth, all lady says, yeah, yeah. But then he goes to the devil. And this is where we see the beginning of the Christmas story. Behind the scenes starts all the way in Genesis chapter three. So in Genesis chapter three, verse 15, here's what it says. God says, and I will cause hostility between you and the woman, between your offspring, he's talking to the devil, watch this, and her seed, her offspring. And when he comes, he's gonna strike you in the head, but you're gonna bite him at the heel. And that word strike you in the head means he's gonna deal you your final blow and destroy you. But you will strike him, but he will destroy you. And at that very moment in Genesis chapter three, we get a picture of God sending his son. Because sin entered into the world, I'm gonna send my son, and guess what, enemy? Guess what, devil? You're gonna strike him, and you're gonna think you took him out. But three days later, that tomb's gonna be empty, and he's gonna defeat you with the final blow. All the way back to Genesis chapter three, we see the Christmas story. And spoiler alert, the reason Jesus was born is so that he would die. He was born to die. And we see in Genesis chapter three that God goes and performs the very first sacrifice because the Bible says he took animal skin and he clothed Adam and Eve and covered them over their nakedness because there can be no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. And all the way in Genesis chapter three, we already looked down hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years to come that will come someday, one, a seed from the offspring of Eve who will come and deliver the enemy a final blow. So then you have, right, you have Adam and they have their son and Cain and Abel and they thought maybe this would be it and that's not it. And then 20 generations later, Abraham comes on the scene. And some of you heard about Father Abraham, the, the, the man of faith, and, and some of you remember Sunday school, Father Abraham had many sons. I don't know, I did, my mind just goes that Sunday school mode right there when you, when you think of Abraham. And you, and you have Abraham, and, and God says something fascinating to Abraham. He says this in Genesis chapter 12, verse three, he says, listen, I will bless those who bless you, I will curse those who treat you with contempt, and all the families of earth will be blessed through you. Listen to me, Abraham. Someday, through your lineage, through your seed, through your generation, it's gonna come one that all the way back in Genesis chapter three that I told Adam and Eve and the devil will come from her through your lineage that will save the world, that will be part of the Christmas cast, the first Christmas story. And so listen, from your seed, Abraham, is gonna come one who's going to be Bless and bless every single nation. And then we fast forward 14 more generations and here comes David on the scene and the prophet Jeremiah says something very fascinating about David. Remember King David? David in the lines in King David. He says something fascinating. Here's what he said. He said, for the time is coming, says the Lord, when I will rise up a righteous descendant from King David's line, he will be the king who rules with wisdom and he will do what is just and right throughout the land, and this, is, well, this will be his name. Here's his name. The Lord is our righteousness. In that day, Judah will be saved, and Israel 
will live in safety. So, so, so listen to me, guys, listen to me. The Christmas story, guess what? It's gonna come from you, King David, from your seed, from your lineage, it's gonna come from your offspring, the first Christmas story, be part of the Christmas cast. It's gonna be the center, it's gonna be the star of the whole thing, right? Because there's always a hero somewhere, and there's always a villain, it's the devil, but Jesus is the star. So this is behind the scene. So go all the way back to Genesis chapter three, and here's what it says. Listen, because sin entered into the world, guess what's gonna happen? Through your seed, Eve, will come one who will defeat the devil. Abraham, through your seed will come one, watch this, who will Bless all people. David, through your seed will come the Lord, the righteous one who will rule all things and all people. Now, you knew the story if you were part of the Jewish people. And you held on to that truth that someday the Christmas story that you didn't know was a Christmas story, but someday someone would come and, and they will rule Israel and they will rule the world and our Messiah, the anointed one, will show up someday. But then... There's a twist. In fact, if we fast forward to Matthew 1, here's what he says. Let's go forward real quick. This is the record of the ancestor of Jesus. This is after he was born, the Messiah, a descendant of David and of Abraham. Matthew already recognized this is the one. But then there's a twist. There's a turn. There's a sign. Here's when you know the one is coming. How do we know when the one shows up? Because so many people have been a false prophets, right? So many false prophets have stood up and says, I'm the Messiah, I'm the one, I'm the anointed one. And there's gonna come a day, and even in our life, in our time, that someone will stand up and says, I am the Messiah, I am the one. There'll be false prophets. How do we know the sign? How do we know when the Christmas story begins? How do we know the true cast of Christmas? So the prophet Isaiah lets us know when he's coming. Look at what he says. He said, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Okay, what's the sign? What's the sign of Christmas story? The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and you will call him, or he will call him, Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So here's, the, here's where the story takes a turn. Listen, here's what's gonna happen. You wanna know when the Christmas story actually begins, the movie, when you see it? There's gonna be a young girl who's gonna be a virgin, and she's never gonna had a relationship to sleep with a man and she's gonna become pregnant. That's insane. Like, that's impossible. That scientifically can't happen. Like, we're not talking about Jurassic Park where like frogs give birth to themselves like frogs. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that cannot happen. How can, come on, I'm, it takes two to tango. How can someone be pregnant and never had any relationships with a man? That's just impossible. So here's the sign, it's gonna be a miracle. There'll be a young girl who'll be a virgin. We'll talk about her, that next week. And when this happens, this is the sign. When the Christmas story begins to unfold. When behind the scenes, you begin to see what takes place. And here's what you need to know about this moment, not, not try to get ahead for next week. But from this day forward, every single young Jewish girl Pondered. I, I can't get into every one of their minds. I can't say for every single one of the girls. They knew the story. I wonder if they ever thought, could it be me? 
Could I be the young virgin someday who would carry the Messiah, who would carry the King of King, the Lord of Lord, who would carry the one in Genesis chapter three where God said he's gonna put enmity between the man and the woman and from Eve's seed, where Abraham said from your seed you would be blessed, from King David, and if you're from the lineage of King David, your odds now go, it could be me. Because every young Bible-believing, you know, law-abiding, following little Jewish girl was raised up knowing the story that someday our king is coming to deliver us and he will be born of a virgin. And a lot of times we forget, could have Mary. Here's the question everybody wants to know. Mary, did you know, (laughs) spoiler alert, she knew. I'm gonna show you that next week, she knew. That's when you know the Christmas story is about to unfold, when a young virgin is pregnant. And then Isaiah 40 says this, the prophet Isaiah says, listen, it's the voice of someone shouting. Clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together for the Lord has spoken. So here's what God says, I'm gonna send a front runner I'm gonna send someone who's gonna be my mouthpiece who's gonna usher in the Messiah. So here's when you know the Christmas story is unfolding. There'll be a virgin who will be, who will conceive and give birth miraculous to a boy, but there will be one in front of him who will pave the way, who will be like that, you know, that, that, that blocker for that, for that person running. He's gonna, he's gonna pave the way, move everything out of the way to usher in the Messiah. So now you have two miracles taking place, two prophecies that will happen before the Christmas story unfolds. And then the prophet Malachi says, look, this is what God is saying, look, I'm sending sending my messenger. He will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple and the messenger of the covenant whom you look for so eagerly is surely coming, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And then you know what happens? For the next 400 years silence. And people probably thought the Christmas story's over. From Malachi to Matthew, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, all in between, silence. At least that's recorded in our scripture. No prophets wrote anything, no one's moving, people's worried. For four centuries, Like, our country's not even that old. For four centuries, 400 years, the heavens are silent. I wonder how many people have given up. God's abandoned us. The prophet Malachi said he's gonna send a messenger, and it's been 400 years. And no one has showed up. So maybe we're not gonna have the Christmas story. Maybe what we know about the Genesis three to Abraham to King David and his lineage, I mean, it's been 400 years. Where's the prophet? Where's where's God speaking to us? God, where are you? Silence. And that's the period between your Old Testament and your New Testament. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, around, I don't know, five, six, seven BC, an angel shows up. And he begins to speak unbelievable things. That maybe this is it, 400 years of silence, then all of a sudden, God's angel shows up and begins to unfold the Christmas story. 
We pick up with the story in Luke chapter one. That was all just background and behind the scenes. In Luke chapter one, starting in verse five, it says, when Herod was the king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order Abajaba, just say it like Adam said last night. Abajaba, Abajah, like Elijah, Abajaba. And his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth was a righteous in God's eyes and carefully to obey all the Lord's commandment and regulations. They did everything that God required of them and then some. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they both were very old. Some of you can relate to that. Wasn't able to conceive. But the Bible was so they were very old. The last time we learned about this is Abraham and Sarah, right? The Bible says they're very old. They're, they're past the childbearing ages. There's nothing within them. There's no way that really at this point, humanly, she could even get pregnant. She's way past the age of bearing a child. But on verse eight, but one day Zacharias was serving, or Zechariah was serving the Lord in the temple for the, it was his order was the duty that week. He was on call that week. As it was custom, the priests got together and said, okay, who's gonna go in and, in the presence of the Lord? And he was chosen by a lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. So the priests would get together and said, okay, here we go. They rolled the dice and they rolled and they would cast lots and say, well, whoever lots it falls on, that who goes in the lights the incense. And all of a sudden, boom, Zechariah. So Zechariah goes into the temple like he normally does. Verse 10, and while, he was in the, while the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside and they were praying. Verse 11, while Zacharias was in the sanctuary, and here we go, 400 years of silence, 400 years that we are aware of that's not recorded, the God's moving, saying anything. From Malachi to Matthew, the 400 years, and all of a sudden, he's doing his priestly duties, what God wants him to do, and then we see in verse 11, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the incense of altar. Could you put yourself in the story? And Zechariah was shaken. He was overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. Wouldn't you be? Come on, man. Wouldn't you be? You're sitting there and just watching the incense burn and poof, like someone just pops up right there. Like, I mean, like it's a ghost. What is this? I'm not talking about Patrick Swayze, a ghost. I'm talking about like, there's a ghost. Like, what is this? Like, this is crazy. Like, would you not be afraid? See, isn't it such a good movie if we just kind of put it in this frame of what's taking place and you put yourself in the story? What would you have done? And look what he says. He tells him this. He says, listen, verse 12. He was shaken over with fear, verse 13. But the angel said, do not be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayers and your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son and you are to name him John. I just wanna stop there for a moment and say this. Aren't you glad God listens to our prayers? He's past the point of being a dad. She's past the point of being a mom. They tried their whole entire life and they never stopped praying, but God, could you somehow miraculously give us a son? And God sent an angel and says, listen, he's heard your prayers. I'm here to tell you that God hears your prayer. And sometimes, he will ask, answer them the way that we don't want them to be at, answered. But God will always answer your prayer. It's yes, no, or wait. And for Zechariah and Elizabeth, it was not now. It was wait. But they never stopped praying. Verse 14. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. 
For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord and he must never touch wine or drink alcoholic drinks. He's taking the Nazarene vow here. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. We talked about this, right? What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? There's something special about this boy. There's something very special. When it's already miraculously two people who are gonna conceive, you can't give birth, but somehow God makes that happen. Verse 16, he will turn many of the Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and the power of Elijah. That was the thing, right? That someone like Elijah will come before Jesus comes. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. And Zechariah said, how angel, how can this surely happen? I love this, look at this. He says, I am an old man now and my wife, well, she's along in her years. Isn't that so sweet of him? Isn't that so sweet? Listen, dude, I'm like old, wrinkly. Man, I, I just can't even get around. But my wife, she's along in her years. She's still holding 39. Isn't that so sweet? Isn't that so sweet? That was worth you coming this morning, right? See, I love the Bible. If you just read it and just put yourself in the story, that is so sweet of him. But Gabriel didn't take it that way. Look what it says in verse 19. The angel says, I'm Gabriel. Like this is the one that spoke to Daniel who talked about the end of the times, who talked about the 70 weeks and what's gonna happen. He says, I'm, the, I'm Gabriel, look what he says. I stand in the very presence of God. Wait, what? How can you stand in God's presence and not die? How can you look upon God's face and you can still live? We know Moses, when God, he said, just let me see you. He says, you can't see me. You would die if you see me. So he, had, he hid himself in the cleft. So when God passed by, he could get a sense of him. And Gabriel's like, bro, listen. <laughs> I stand in his presence. And as we know, Gabriel's one of the most powerful angels with Michael, the archangel, we learned, but this is, we'll, we'll talk about that cast later. But Gabriel said, I stand in the very presence of God and, and he's the one who sent me to bring you this good news. But now since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent, able to speak until your child is born. And his wife probably said, that's good, that's good. Like, okay, finally, be quiet, you know? He says, that's good. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time, verse 21. Meanwhile, the people were waiting out for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary and wondering why is he taking so long? And when he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. And they realized that through his gestures and his silence that he must have had a vision in the sanctuary. And when Zechariah's week of service was over the temple, he returned home. And soon after that, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months and said this, she said, how kind the Lord is. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. Now you see, in this society, in this day, if you were not able to bear a child, people would start making rumors about you and talk about you and said, you must have done something wrong. God has cursed you because your womb has been closed. And the same way if you were born handicapped or you were impoverished or you wasn't wealthy, they will look down upon you and the society says, well, God's cursed you somehow. Something's wrong with you. But we know that is not the truth. That was just the mindset of some of the people in the first century. And so she realizes that, you know what, I don't have to be disgraced anymore because God gave me a son. And this is where the Christmas story begins to unfold. Genesis chapter three, I will bring one through you, Eve, through your offspring. 
He was gonna destroy the devil. Abraham, through your seed, all nations will be blessed. King David, through your lineages, and they all come from the same lineage, will become the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Emmanuel, the God with us. But the prophet says, but before the miracle virgin birth takes place, there will be one, a front runner, someone who will pave the way for the Lord, someone who will be a voice calling in the wilderness, someone who will speak, clear the way. Who is that messenger? See, you know him today as John the Baptist, or literally John the Baptizer. And John the Baptist was born just five, six months before Jesus to be the one that God would raise up and prepare the way. And 30 years, maybe 31, 32, 30 years after Gabriel stands and looks at Elizabeth and Zechariah, who could not conceive, but they had no idea that she's about to give birth to the forerunner of the Christmas cast. She's about to give birth to the one that's gonna bless all people. She's about to give one, and listen to this, who's going to be the mouthpiece to usher in the Messiah. She had no idea. And 30 years plus later, and Matthew writes this, in those days, John the Baptist came to Judean wilderness and began preaching his message. Repent, <laughs> turn from your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. And the prophet Isaiah was speaking about John. Remember, we just read this quote. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness. He is the preparing the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for King Jesus. Matthew goes on and says that John says, I baptize you with water for those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than me. The one that was born of the virgin, the one that was talked about in Genesis chapter three, there's coming someone who's greater than me, that I'm not even worthy to be his slave or carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit with fire, which we learned about that a few weeks ago. And then the very next day, John says this, the next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him. This was his cousin. We'll learn about Mary and Elizabeth. They were family, they were cousin, and how God picked Nazareth. Why Nazareth? Nothing comes good from Nazareth. Why from Nazareth? Why was he born in Bethlehem? We're gonna discuss all that. That's the backstory of this cast of Christmas. But the very next day, look what happens in verse 29. John saw Jesus coming toward him, and look what he says. Look. Look. I love what the old translation says. It says, behold. The Lamb of God, who will take away all your sins. And I wish we could have stopped right there and flipped all the way back to Genesis chapter three and says, listen, Eve, Adam, y'all blew it. And sin entered into the world. But hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years from now, God is gonna come through your seed, Abraham, through you, David, and a forerunner coming, and, a, and from a virgin who's gonna give birth, and from there's gonna come one who's gonna say, but there's the one from all the way back from Genesis who is gonna forgive us of all of our sins, who came and fixed what Adam and Eve did. He will fix it if you'll just believe. See, I wonder how many of us know behind the scenes of the Christmas story. We quickly just grab Matthew and Luke and come on site and say, oh, baby Jesus, born of a virgin, awesome, great. Let's sing Christmas carols. 
but did you know what it took to get to that point? And if we can get behind the scenes and unpack it and realize what God was doing thousands, hundreds of years, watch this, before you were even born. And so this is what I'm trying to say. If God can see that someday a forerunner, that someday I'm gonna send my son, guess what? He saw someday he was gonna allow you to be born. And someday I've got, I've got a purpose for you. And someday, watch this, in fact, today, I'm gonna draw you to a place at all of our campuses, bring you to a place where you're gonna hear the backstory of the Christmas story because I want you to understand who I am and how much I love you. You are not here by accident. You are not here by mistake. God purposely planned you. He planned you. So that ultimately you would surrender to him and give your life to him and that you as the front runner of the Messiah, John the Baptist says, repent, turn to God. So that what started in the garden and was passed down to you, that all your sins can be forgiven. Who would neglect such a great salvation? Because that's the Christmas story. And I just don't want this year to be another story or another time, we quickly go through Luke, sing a few Christmas carols, share some gifts, and then go on and miss the cast of Christmas. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads just for a moment. You are not here by mistake. If the Lord is opening your heart and your eyes, is there something drawing you to go, you know what? Wow. Man, I thought the Bible was just a bunch of old stories made up about, you know, laws and things you can't do. And man, I had no idea that the Christmas story started all the way back in Genesis. And, and I just, I miss, I skipped over so much, but weaved itself, because you can find Jesus in every single book in the Bible. And, weaves itself all the way to the Christmas story. And if you're here today, and if you do what John the Baptist said, who's the forerunner to the Messiah, repent. Turn from your sins and turn to God. Watch this, he will forgive you of every one of your sins. Why would you neglect that? Man, I can't save you. If I could save you, I've already done it. Your spouse can't save you, your kids can't save you. You can't save anyone. In fact, you can't even save yourself. That's why God sent his son. But if you will open up your heart today and repent of your sins, you'll be saved. So right where you said of all of our campus, if you'll just cry out to the Lord and say, God, I believe. I believe you came for me, I believe you died for me, and I believe, God, you eventually got up out of the grave for me. And as best as I know how today, I repent of my sin, I'm gonna turn from my sin. And I'm gonna turn to you. Now help me follow you all the days of my life. If that's you, and just in a few moments, Hosh is gonna come out and they're gonna share with you your next steps. We wanna help you. In fact, that's the mission of our church is to help you follow Jesus. So you can experience this abundant life, the full life. We like to say a better life than he's ever dreamed of. Father, thank you so much for those whose hearts are turning to you. Thank you so much for the Christmas story. 
that God, how quickly and easily we just skip over the behind the scenes, what you're doing. And God, how we take it for granted hundreds and hundreds of years before this ever happened, how your hand began to trace to that wonderful moment in history, a moment that has split time. It's caused the world to stumble. But God, that it saved billions of people from their sins. And so we thank you and we give you all the glory and all the praise. And everybody said, amen, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you took a next step today, we would love to get to celebrate with you. So please let us know at our website, betterlock.church slash next steps. And to stay connected with you throughout the week, you can download our Better Life app. And if you felt led to give today, please give at our website, betterlife.church slash give. We'll be praying for you this week. Please join us again next time.